Welcome to Burnline Podcast. On this episode, we smoke the DBL Dominican Big Leaguer Second Generation Reserva Exclusiva. We talk about parts of the tobacco plant. Should be an interesting ride. Stay tuned. Burnline Podcast. The burn line on a well-crafted cigar is straight and sharp as a razor, much like our wit and wisdom. All right, and welcome everybody to the podcast. Glad you could join us this morning, this evening, wherever you are in time and space, coming to you not live from the hot box, the beautifully cramped back room of the Blanco Cigar Lounge in Union Cigar Shop, Hanover, Pennsylvania, USA, the only Blanco Lounge in North America. I'm your host, John Thacker Jr. And I'm your other host, Keith Luter. Keith, good morning. Good morning, John. So I'm enjoying this amazing coffee. Um, which one is this? This right here is the Lincoln Blockade from River Bottom Roasting. River Bottom always knocks it out of the park. Um, I like this one. Of course, I drink my coffee black, so I can usually tell the uh, differences in flavors because I don't drown them out. Um, so today we're smoking the DBL Second Generation Reserva Exclusiva. Uh, Francisco Almonte, great, uh, great Dominican cigar blender, and of course the DBL, which stands for Dominican Big Leaguer, uh, a boutique brand and uh, fairly new. So this particular cigar retails for nine seventy five out in the uh, humidor out there, and a box of fourteen will set you back one hundred nine twenty. This comes in a single vitola, six and five eighths by fifty two Toro. So we're going to enjoy this guy and it is a uh, interesting presentation so the box doubles as a humidor a single layer of cigars um six and five eighths by 52 is pretty hefty uh, that's about the same size we smoked last week um and it has this orange ribbon on the foot which kind of matches the orange color on the box. I, I really like the presentation. I, I think it's handsome. I'm one of the guys that kind of gets into like the artistic side of the cigar. I like to, you know, I like it to look nice in the presentation and stuff. Right. Um, and at this price point, it's really interesting. You know, it, it, the 14 per box, that means your cost of packaging per cigar goes up to come in at 975. That's a pretty good deal. Um, but I'm only talking about it before the official cut and light because I can't light it with this ribbon on the foot. So for all of our listeners out there, if you get a cigar that has a colored ribbon around the foot, please remove it before lighting to maximize your smoking experience. And it is time for our official cut and light. So without further ado, with authority. That was kind of synchronized, too. Yeah, it was. Like that was nice. Heck yeah. All right, you got a nice shoulder clip. I like this double guillotine uh, Perdomo cutter, part, partly because it feels hefty. Feel that? Yeah, it's got some nice weight to it. Yeah, it's not plastic. It's all metal. And uh, it's evenly distributed weight. I can't, you know, clip a torpedo because it's got the one side cover. But like on a Toro, I get a perfect cut, you know, so See, I kind of like it. And that's why I like this with the Calibri SV uh, cutter. It's got uh, both sides. <clears throat> hashtag not sponsored. True. Um, Yet. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. That's why I like this cutter a lot because it has that deep V on one side and on the other side is that straight cut. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like those uh, uh, transformers. You right. know, you can do a couple of different things with them. So it is time for our official light and we remind all of our listeners, toasted, not roasted. Toasted, not roasted. Toasted, not roasted. Toasted, not roasted. So let's go ahead and put some fire on this guy. Oh, snap, that's way up. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, what I found is when you combine all of the little tips and tricks that are generally recommended. Oh, I'm going to take the cigar out of my mouth. When you combine all the little recommended tips and tricks, the cigar smoking experience I've found to be more enjoyable. If you just do one, you might not notice the difference, right? 
But when you cut the cigar properly, you leave enough shoulder, but not too much shoulder on there. Don't use a bullet punch. We'll talk about that later. I'm a uh, anti-bullet punch evangelist. Can't wait to argue about that one. Um, yeah, I like them. I like them. Uh, we're totally going to get into that. Um, and then the toasting. You know, like, don't fucking light the cigar. It's not a big deal, but it kind of is. And when you add all of those things together, it helps. Now, I'm going to give a little uh, lighting tip to uh, folks out there. <clears throat> if you're having trouble blasting the cigar apart, try using a match. Right? The butane lighter is a beautiful way to evenly light the entire foot. But it's very hot. And if you hold it, you know, at the wrong distance from the cigar, you can scorch the tobacco and get that sort of acidic burn for the first couple of minutes. Um, and the leaves can start to separate. Now, if you're clever about it, and I always do this, I seal the filler to the wrapper with a light toast around the rim before I uh, toast the rest of the foot. I call that a rim job. So I do that, I do that <laughs> with my, my cigar. So you can use the butane cleverly. Now, a match doesn't burn as hot. And, of course, I recommend transferring the flame to, like, some of the cedar lining that might be in your cigar box because of the sulfur on the match tip. You can really taste that. And if you suck, if you suck that into the cigar, it lingers for a long time. I know because I've done it. Right. Um, so either you have to burn all the sulfur off, you know, and, and knock that tip of the match off, at which point you're probably burning your fingers – or like transfer the flame or something. Right. And if you're at a cigar lounge, you can always ask for some cedar sticks. I know <laughs> we certainly got them. That's for sure. All those boxes that we're bringing in bundles, we always, always have cedar sticks available. So ask. Yep, absolutely. Um, so this is kind of cool. I'm going to do this in real time. Um, there is a QR code on the band. So I'm going to look that up. Yeah, I think so it's cool. almost almost all of the bands for DBL have a QR code on the back of their of their bands there, and it takes you to a direct link to that cigar. Wow, yeah, this is this actual cigar. Yep. So I'm just gonna leave this up. This is better notes on the cigar than I took. Uh, so right from the source, <laughs> right from the source. So what is your? Uh, that's really cool. Yeah, I like that's that a lot. Like a, that's a touch that. You know, some of us not old farts will really appreciate. Right. You know, um, what are your what are the initial tastes that you're getting off the cigar? Initially, right off the bat, I'm getting a good good sense of uh, of cedar almost, a little bit of cocoa, and that classic smooth, velvety mouthfeel that you get from DBL. That's a quality cigar. You know, I always say that DBL in this in this humidor at least is. The best as far as price to quality ratio, mm. and that certainly comes out in, the, in in this cigar here. Yeah, definitely. So, um, the first thing I got was a hit of pepper, which is a little surprising considering it's uh, Ecuadorian and Dominican, uh, but it it turned into cinnamon really fast, and that makes sense because this is a Cameroon wrapper, and so does the pepper because. This is a very unique leaf that they wrap this in. It's a Cameroon seed, but it's sun-grown in Ecuador. Right. So you have, like, the Ecuadorian uh, climate growing Cameroon tobacco, which is kind of famous for, like, that uh, spice rack taste, you know, cinnamon, nutmeg, you know, right. holiday cookie almost uh, overtones. But then it's sun-grown, so it's a lot stronger than, like, your traditional Cameroon really clever like i like the wrapper so far um and the, and when i read about it i thought you know why hasn't someone tried this before maybe they have i don't know everything about cigars but it really hits on this so that's my initial tasting is like a little pepper a little cinnamon um so i'm going to take a chance to smoke on this a little bit and talk a little bit less uh why don't you tell us a little bit about dbl Right, so DBL stands for Dominican Big Leaguer, and they come from Tamboril, Santiago, Dominican Republic, which is renowned as the hand-rolling um, capital of the world, basically. Mm -hmm. And that's where the the piloto from Cuba actually like started, 
right? Like right. When they when they moved out of Cuba and took the seed, went to Dominican Republic, that's where they went, right? Right. And that's where your Piloto tobacco comes from. And so DBL, they combine a national love for you know baseball and cigars. In fact, a lot of the kids are told at a very young age that if they aren't good at baseball, you're going to roll you, cigars. You better, yeah, you better learn how to grow tobacco. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which brings me to Francisco. You know, he he was deveining tobacco leaves for his father since he was seven years old, mm. and by the time he was twelve, he was already rolling his first you know cigars. Um, Francisco, that's the owner, by the way, Francisco Alamante. He actually has a background with both La Flor Dominicana and Fuente cigars. And he had brought that passion and knowledge of cigars to this new company, DBL. And that is what we are smoking today. And it's new, right? Uh, DBL? Fairly new, yeah. 2013, I think? No. Yeah, because they say an overnight sensation, like an, an overnighter, is 10 years in the cigar industry. Right. You know? So, um, yeah, I think... Uh, DBL has done very well. They're in a lot of humidors. Yeah. You know, I mentioned last week, I, I traveled a lot for work. I have, uh, you know, favorite cigar shops in 12 different states, and uh, DBL's in a lot of them. You know, if you're going to stock a boutique brand, it's a good one to, to pick, partly because they have a broad range of, like, strengths and flavors, partly because, like you said, the price-to-construction ratio is superb. Uh, they're very well-constructed cigars. And then it's got a lot of that classic Dominican uh, tobacco flavor that uh, is pretty popular. You know, I know, I think, you know, I, I don't run a shop, so I don't have, like, sales numbers. But I know a lot of Americans buy, like, these really heavy, dark cigars. And Nicaraguans are more and more popular. Right. Uh, partly because of their strength. Uh, but for people that are looking for that, like, you know big man experience with the smooth cigar, I feel like Dominican cigars are the way to go. And DBL combines some fairly strong cigars with also some mild to mediums. And I would peg this right at mid. I would just say this is a good, smooth, mid-bodied cigar so far. You know, the uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's less popular nowadays. When I was growing up, the goal was to like wear a velvet tracksuit and drive like a Chrysler 300 and smoke a big smooth cigar you know like that was the thing right right so I, maybe that's like not cool anymore but if if that's the uh, lifestyle that uh, you want to experience this would be a great cigar for that heck yeah right it's it's big it doesn't make my fingers look big or anything you know it's uh, smooth and so far delicious and I'm getting um you, I think you said mocha. I was going to say I'm getting a little coffee, and I don't think it's from my coffee. A little bit, yeah. Um, and a little fruitiness. Maybe like, um, what, what do they call those dried plums? What are those called? Prunes? Like a little bit of that so, fruited yeah. fruit. Okay. That's so interesting how everybody's palate is just different. So mm-hmm. me personally, I haven't had my breakfast yet today. I'm, I'm smoking this on an empty stomach with just coffee. And so with that, I feel I'm getting... Not as much of a palate, I guess, exploration, if you will. Um, I get a lot of a lot of cedar notes. Yeah, that's uh, there for sure. Yeah, yeah, a lot of mocha or coffee. A little bit of cinnamon now that I'm getting past the first third. Mm-hmm. So I had actually had the chance to meet Francisco during one of our hand rolling events here at Union Cigar Hanover, and I'll tell you, I met a lot of the different reps. I met a couple of the different owners of these different cigar companies and Francisco's a regular guy. You know, he, you don't feel that there's like a rock star presence. You don't feel any kind of, uh, how do I say you don't get starstruck. He'll sit there, he'll hand roll a cigar for you. He'll call you my brother. He's hanging out. You know, he's not, there's no pretentious to him. He's very humble and relaxed and just an overall good guy. That's great to hear. And obviously he's got a love for tobacco. You know, he knows how to roll. Um, that's, that's pretty cool. I I love those stories. Yeah. You know? Um, so, so far really tasty. Obviously I'm not super far into this and, uh, I would say this is going to last longer than the podcast. More than likely. More than likely. Um, so let's talk about the cigar for a little bit. Um, <clears throat> if you are interested in this cigar, Go out and buy one because they only made 500 boxes. So buy them quick. Buy them quick. Um, I actually have one of these put aside 
in my uh, savings humidor. So I have a humidor where I collect cigars. And uh, it's an interesting collection because some of them are just goofy. Like I have a, a Trump 2020 cigar in there just because I want to show my grandkids someday, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, <clears throat> but then I also have some cigars in there that I just want to save because they were really good examples of fantastic cigars when they came out, and this is one of them. Um, and uh, it would be really cool if he could find a way to make this like a permanent line because this is a great sub ten dollar cigar. But that kind of adds to the mystique and the it, value it of does, it. Yeah, you know, you have a more bigger appreciation since mm-hmm. it reminds me of LCA. You feel like you're part of this limited, exclusive club almost, where mm-hmm. you can only you know have so much time to enjoy it, and once it's gone. It's gone. It's so, gone. And cigars are meant to be enjoyed. So, you know, my uh, regular humidor at home, I've got a box of the uh, River Boats we'll, uh, by Mark Twain. Uh, we might smoke that someday. That's a great cheap cigar. I've got... Uh, it's hard to beat that for less than $5. It's hard to beat it. It's yeah. hard to beat that. I've got a whole bundle of uh, High Clear Victorians. Um, you know, so cigars that I smoke every day and I believe in smoking cigars, so I don't really save them, but there's a few that I do. Right. But I never save a cigar I haven't smoked. So one thing that did not make it into my savings humidor was the, uh, unicorn by Saka because I was able to get my hands on it and God damn, I was going to smoke that cigar. I'm not saving it. That's right. And it was worth it. That was the only hundred dollar cigar I've ever bought that I would pay for again. Um, so a little bit more about this DBL second generation Reserva Exclusiva. Like we said, it comes in a single Vitola, a 14 count box that doubles as a humidor. It's a a really gorgeous box, I think. Um, mid, as I'm smoking it down, you know, it's, it's probably on the stronger side of mid, but it's, I would still call it a solid mid body. The wrapper is a Cameroon wrapper from Ecuador, so Cameroon seed, but grown in Ecuador, and it's sun-grown, so a unique combination of that, like cinnamon spice and pepper that comes from uh, sun-grown tobacco. The binder's Dominican, the filler is Dominican Piloto Cubano and Criollo 98, so uh, kind of famous Dominican tobaccos in the filler, and I think it all comes together really well. Absolutely, and I agree. Hmm. So the uh, packaging, kind of cool. Only 500 boxes made. It's a, a humidor box. The presentation, <clears throat> the uh, box is in orange lid, and the uh, cigar has an orange ribbon around the foot. So, again, I appreciate good presentation, and they really hit a home run with this, no pun intended. Uh, hey, there we go. There we go. The the wrapper's oily, not super oily, but oily, um, smooth. You know, this is not a rustic cigar. This is a a finished uh, cigar. And I noticed the wrapper is semi-marbled, which is kind of cool. You know, it's not super marbled, but it's got like a semi-marbled appearance on it. So great presentation, great smoke so far. And we are going to smoke this past the first third and uh, then tell you kind of how it's changing. And I think uh, on that note, it is time for our tobacconist tip of the week. And now your tobacconist tip of the week from Keith Luter. Right, so it's the tobacconist tip of the week. I want to go over how to properly ash out your cigar. Good one, good one. What I've noticed, when I'm in the lounge, when I'm hanging out, I'm working... A lot of the guys, you know, they, they're ready to go home or, they're, you know, they're, they're ready to leave. And they go to just tamp out their cigar. And every time, you're just left with this nasty, burnt smell in the air. In fact, just the other night I was working and no no, no true hate on acid, but this gentleman was making an acid cigar, which is very... I'll hate arom- on acid. There you go. <clears throat> very aromatic cigar. And um, yeah, this guy... That's one word for it. I'm being polite. I, I, you know, I enjoy it. I have the time and place. But uh, yeah, he tamps this thing out, the whole room smelling ash, sugar, and just a foul smell. He said it smells like ass and sugar. That's right. 
um, and it just had a foul smell. So instead of tamping out your cigar and, and, and rubbing it into the ashtray, just let it sit on the on the actual edge of the, oh, I'm sorry, the edge of the uh, ashtray, like the cigar holder thing, and just let it burn out, right? Yeah, let it let it burn out. You can either let it sit inside of the ashtray itself, just let it sit there, let it burn out naturally, or just let it sit on the edge, and the tobacco will come over, and you know they'll they'll clean up your ashtray for you. But just let it let it naturally go out. Don't just stamp it in. Don't just rub yeah, it out. Yeah. So the uh, tobacco, you know, for a premium cigar, long filler cigar. First of all, it is damp. It's humid, right? It smolders, and if you're smoking it properly, you are letting it. Uh, kind of be as cool as it possibly can without going out. Like that's the goal. So, right. if you're new to cigar smoking, the lit end, which does not go in the mouth, is called the cherry. That's the smoldering coals at the end. And if you draw the air in too quickly while you're smoking, right, it gets too hot and you get a little bit of an acrid taste to your cigar. And so you're always trying to keep it as cool as possible without it going out. Right, you don't want to relight. But you also don't want it burning. You want it smoldering, right? If you just set your cigar down, assuming that it's wrapped properly, which pretty much all of the premium cigars that are kept, at least here, you know, at Union in a humidor by tobacconists, you know, um, are humidified properly and they're all constructed properly. If you put it down, it will just burn itself out Um, anywhere from three to seven minutes, depending on how tightly the tobacco is packed so just set it down it'll just go out in the meantime it just smells like someone's smoking a cigar but as soon as you tamp it out Mm -hmm. it stinks and it ruins everyone else's cigar experience awesome i like that uh i like that tip you know these are the kinds of things that can help you be a better house guest you know when you're in the lounge and also uh improve everybody's collective enjoyment of uh, cigars together so good word there so let's move on to segment two, parts of the tobacco plant. So let's, uh, huh. you think this coughing is going to, no, no, it's fine. <clears throat> I don't, I'll leave most of it in. Okay. So let's see, uh, let's see if I can get the audience with the same question that, uh, I asked you the other day. Trivia, tobacco plant trivia. What is at the top of the tobacco plant? So we'll let you boys and girls run out and not Google it. And the correct answer is flowers. That's right. The tobacco plant is a flowering plant. So trick question. But let's talk about the tobacco leaves because that's what everybody cares about. Um, You've probably heard some words, and they're probably Spanish. um, And maybe you're a little confused and would like to at least hold your own in a conversation or know what's being talked about. So um, how about Ligero? Heard that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, viso. Heard that word. How about uh, volato? Seiko? Uh, absolutely. So you've heard these words, like, around. Um, I think a lot of people have. Um, they refer to the position of the leaf on the plant. So let's break it down for you. The top 25% of the plant is ligero. So this is your um, power and flavor leaves they get the most sunlight um they don't burn as well as further down the plant uh, they tend to be you know a little moister as well um and that's where you get your your pow factor for the cigar so it's used in marketing a lot like uh doesn't somebody make a double lejero yeah mom so i know lfd the digger mm-hmm. that is a double lejero yeah so um that one will keep you awake. That is a strong cigar, right? Oh, yeah. These are the power leaves. Um, now, the the uh, middle 50% of the plant is often just referred to as Seiko. Um, but uh, some people really break it down. The top of that is the Viso, and the bottom is the Seiko. Uh, so there's more flavor in the middle of the plant than, like, at the bottom, but less than the Lajero. Um you know, the, the viso half, the top half of the middle of the plant um, has a little more oil than further down in the plant. It's milder. It burns more slowly than Lajero. Uh, moderating the burn is important. We were just talking about 
you know, you want to keep the cigar cool. An Olejero cigar, partly because of the oils, um, can burn fast. Um, the uh, Seco, which means dry, by the way, um, it's very mild. So it's used to really balance and blend out the cigar, provide uh, a nice even burn, doesn't really add much flavor. And then the Volato, this is very uh, important. It's the, the bottom 20, 25% of the plant um, has very little flavor, but it burns the best. It burns slowly, it burns very well. And so uh, Volato leaves are used to moderate how the cigar smokes. Right? So those are kind of the, uh, the main parts of the tobacco plant. Uh, but we would be remiss if we didn't talk about Medio Tiempo. So have you heard uh, that term thrown around? I have. Um, so one of the parts of being a tobacconist, uh, there's an online university called the uh, the University of Tobacco. Or I'm sorry, mm-hmm. the Tobacconist University. Yeah. And so I'm currently going through my CRT program. That's the Certified Retail Tobacconist. And so although I'm still learning, that is something that I've, has been a reoccurring theme. If you'd like to go over that then. So medio tiempo, most like cigar smokers that are probably listening to this podcast, you've heard it used as a um, marketing tool. I almost said gimmick. It's not really a gimmick, but it's a marketing tool. Where this uh, came out, first of all, what are they? So the medio tiempo are the top two leaves in the cigar plant. And it's important because only maybe 10 to 15% of all tobacco plants grow that way where they have the top two leaves. So those two leaves are called the medio tiempo. So where it really came from in marketing, it's part of the lejero, right? Um, in 2006, Cohiba released the Bejique, and the claim to fame was the use of the medio tiempo in that cigar. Of course, Cohiba is a huge luxury brand, the most counterfeited luxury brand in the world, and the Bejique was a sort of special edition. It's now its own subline for Cohiba and comes in three Vitolas. Initially, it was just um, a special edition release. Um, and one of the reasons that they're so expensive is because you only have two leaves per plant, and only 10 to 15% of your plants have the Medio Tiempo. What's uh, interesting is Medio Tiempo means like half time in Spanish but they're usually left on the stalk twice as long as the other leaves. Um, they frequently like curl up and even curl around the stalk and get very thick. And when you cure them for tobacco, have a very sweet flavor compared to some of the other leaves. Um, so that's the, uh, that's kind of how Medio Tiempo came into the cigar vocabulary before Bahike, uh and Cohiba used it like as a branding tool. It wasn't really heard outside of, you know, nerds that get their certified retail tobacconist license or something like that, right? The regular cigar smoker, you're not really hearing that. So that's a medio tiempo. It's also called Fortaleza Numero Cuatro in Cuba or Thick Lejero in Nicaragua. Um, But it refers to the top two leaves of the uh, cigar plant. And that is um, the parts of the tobacco plant. The top is the lejero, the middle is the viso, and then the seco, and then volato at the bottom. And now it's time for what really grinds my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? You know what really grinds my gears, Keith? What's that? That guy that goes into the humidor to purchase cigars, and there are cigars in the humidor that are not cellophane wrapped. Uh, None of... The Cuban brands sell or wrap their cigars, and sort of as a uh, branding tool, a lot of non-Cubans also don't sell or wrap their cigars. Uh, Padrones, not sell or wrapped, also very expensive. Um, Placencia, also expensive, not sell or wrapped. A lot of Oliva do the same. Oliva, the uh, Siri V, Milano, Maduro, mm, other fantastic cigar. cigars. Uh, and then there's guys that go in there and they touch them. Bitch, I'm putting that in my mouth. Don't touch the cigar. Oh, my God. Or they'll put it up to their nose and put it, smell it. We just out of line. It. Completely out of line. There's like fucking rotovirus going through the country. It's right. on the news. 
use some common sense, be polite, and also, like, don't finger fuck a padrone, okay? God. It's in the box. It is, has been carefully aged and crafted. It's an expensive enjoyment for somebody, and they are not going to enjoy it if they see you playing, you know, fucking Stevie Wonder over there <laughs> with the uh, piano keys. Those are cigars, not an instrument. Stop touching it. Right. Cigars, you know, from seed to ash, it already has about 300 hands touching that cigar before you smoke it. We don't need 305. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's fair. So if you're in the humidor and there are unwrapped cigars, touch it if you're going to buy it. If you're not going to buy it, don't touch it. And don't shuffle them around and try to find the one with the wrapper you like or whatever. And if you can, handle it by the band. Please show a little common sense and respect for everybody else. It's not like we can Lysol wipe that shit. So keep your fingers to yourself and wash your hands before you go in the humidor. Yes. That's what grinds my gears, Keith. So what's been grinding my gears lately, I've noticed that the, the entertainment industry has a new standard low when it comes to their, their shock value. We have the most technology we've ever had to put into these these movies, these video games, and yet some of the storylines and such, they just don't hit home like an 80s era movie, yeah. 90s era movie. Yeah, yeah. You know? No, it's a, it's a great point, right? Um, take video games, for example like Ocarina of Time, you know, I mean, I can count the pixels, right? you know, like it is not, the production value is nowhere near the 6 billion polygons per second, whatever, blah, blah, 4K bullshit. Right. Now, but the story and engagement like grips you. Yeah. Right. You have a video game now and it's like, you're spending a lot more money for it and it looks gorgeous, you know, and it's just boring. Right. Like, the storyline is blah. It's like a Michael Bay movie with a joystick, you know? <laughs> um, speaking of Michael Bay movies, same thing with the movies, right? Right. Like, so one of my favorite movies is John Wick. I don't know why, probably because of the gun foo. It's gun porn. Yeah, it's gun porn. Um, but, I mean, come on. Like, somebody killed your dog. Yay. You know, like, the storyline just isn't there. And... And then it got worse. Like, as the movies went along, it got too much story. And it was harder and harder to willingly suspend the willing suspension of disbelief that it takes to enjoy a movie. And it's like, you know, where is the Casablancas? Can you imagine? Like, right. Hollywood could never make Casablanca nowadays. It's just like an odd love triangle in a war-torn part of the world. And then someone flies off on an airplane while they play a sad song. But, like, you can watch that movie over and over Right. And, you know, Humphrey Bogart, the whole cast, you know, grips you with their acting chops. And Sam with his playing the piano, you know. And, and it's like, because it's a story about people. And you can really empathize with all the characters. And, you know, it's just one big, like, ethical conundrum for everybody. Right. You know, you got the, the young stud who's like, I, I have to fight the Nazis, you know, and... and put my life at risk in our relationship. At ri- I can't even get into a relationship. You've got uh, uh, Rick, who's like, you know, I'm not sticking my neck out for nobody, you know? <laughs> and you've got Sam, who's loyal to Rick. And then you've got, you know, and everybody has a part to play, and they're all torn, you know, and it's in this setting of war. And it's just a fantastic movie. But Hollywood would never greenlight something God, like no. that. And what do the special effects consist of? Like, there are none. I don't think, like, the airplane flying off is, like, the the one, right. you know? So that would put a lot of digital effects artists out of business if we were making movies right. like, like Remember the era of stuntmen? Mm-hmm. Oh. Now we have the, the era of CGI. Like, come on mm-hmm. now. I mean, they still exist, but I feel like it's not as a uh, a critical role, if you will. Or maybe it's maybe it's critical, but it's rare. You know, it's yeah, just that's not probably. needed as much. Yeah. Especially in a Tom Cruise movie. You don't even need a stuntman for that. That's right. I mean, holding on to the airplane and whatnot. No, I I agree with you. Like the the quality that's coming out is just kind of bullshit. Yeah, it's uh, a new it's a new low, and you know, video games. I'll mention that one. Um, I've been playing the Hogwarts Legacy game. My PC, it's awesome. Reminds me of the old Fable games. Anybody's a gamer here. Um, that's a rare exception. You don't really see these these high production games, these triple A titles that are also minds. fun to play. Yeah, yeah. great story. Blah blah blah. And this one, it knocks it out of the park. We're finally starting to see that come back. But even in movies, I mean, I'm tired of Marvel movies. I don't need another superhero movie. I want to mm-hmm. see some supervillain movies. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, 
you bring a, up a good point because I think Blizzard, like, they made their most money last year off of a re-release of Diablo 2. Yeah. Like, when did that come out? 98? Something, something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a old game with shitty graphics, but it's so fun to play. You know, they really put some thought into it. And companies are better off, like, re-releasing old games. Yeah, coming I mean, up even, with new ones? Even World of Warcraft. They went back to their cl- uh, classic WoW, and they're making a lot of money off of that. Well, I have smoked this cigar down to where I have to remove the first band. And again, beautiful presentation. One of the things that I like about DBL is I can take the bands off. Yeah, they're not sticking to the actual wrap. There's no yeah. tug. There's no tear. Yep. yep. So this is a uh, surprising aspect of enjoying your cigar as I've gone on my journey. And it's been about a quarter of a century, you know, surprisingly, that I've been into this hobby um, some of the little things that matter to my enjoyment and pleasure of smoking cigar, like I never thought it would be a thing, but one of them is the band. So if you have a large band, you can't smoke your cigar down. So you have to take it off. Right. Well, then you have to be able to take it off. So kudos to DBL for making a band you can remove. And something you may notice the band from DBL is very similar to La Florida Dominicana, LFD. Francisco Alamante worked for them for quite a bit, and you'll see a lot of inspiration both with his construction mm-hmm. of cigar and the actual style of the band. Not saying he's copying, but success leaves tracks, and you know, success mimics success. Mm-hmm. There's another brand coming out. We may be stocking it. It's called uh, PIO, and you'll see that they are one-to-one with Padron, mm. even their website. I thought it was PO. P-O, P-I-O, P-O, I'm, I'm, my mistake, I, I don't mistake know. incorrectly. Uh, we were talking about know. that last night um, in the lounge. The uh, shop owner, John Weiser, was talking about that. Um, I guess he met the owners at the, uh, was it PCI? Yeah. PCI out in Vegas. Uh, PCA, I'm sorry. He was at PCA in Vegas, met these guys, and he was talking to them last night, actually, or I'm sorry, this, this past week, possibly stalking them in our, our humidor. Um, but we were looking at them on the, on the phone it's one to one. Yeah, I said success mimics success. Yeah, definitely. Kind of like all those German uh, sports sedans out there, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, and it is a beautiful band. Like I said, I I appreciate the art that goes into cigars. In fact, I've got a uh, coffee table book at home. Uh, it is the Playboy cigar book, and it's really cool. It's just Playboy models with cigars and. You know, from the classic days of Playboy. Which one's that? Cigar Snob? No, no. It's it's Playboy Cigars. Oh, that's like the name of it. I yeah, haven't seen this yeah. one yet. No, it's a book. A okay. hardcover. It's designed for a coffee oh, table. Oh, I see. I thought it was like a monthly subscription magazine. No, no. It's it's just a book. Um, but, you know, it celebrates like the art of cigar and also Playboy photography there as we go. well. Um, rest in peace, Hugh Hefner, though. Rest in peace, you old dog. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely appreciate, like, if you look at the the band on this it's got the orange and the gold and it's like foil stamped so it's three-dimensional you know it's not just printed on there um really uh has a cool texture to it yeah it does like it it adds to the presentation again well presented cigar so you know kind of uh getting back to the uh stick um, what, uh, what do you, what do you taste? First of all, has the flavor changed? What are you tasting? So one of the things I've noticed with DBL, a lot of their cigars do change flavor. Mm-hmm. Some cigars don't. These, these absolutely do. You get about halfway through and you're just, it just changes up on you. You know, for me, I didn't get a lot of spice at first. I'm getting, now that I'm in the second half, I'm starting to get some kick to it, but it's not overbearing. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a freshly seared steak. I'm getting that kind of a, a hint, if you will. Mm-hmm. I'm getting more of that cinnamon, a lot more cinnamon. That may be the kick I'm experiencing. But uh, that mocha is full flavored for me now. Yeah, so interesting. Um, I would say if you took a boneless ribeye and you rolled the edge of it in crushed red telly cherry peppercorns mm. and cinnamon, and then you fucking slammed it into a red hot cast iron skillet that's the flavor that's coming off for me so there's like this (laughs) so there's like this um beefy 
component to it now, as well as that cinnamon and the fruit. This is interesting. That fruit note that I was tasting has kind of evolved into a spicy cherry. Okay. And there's definitely some wood on there as well. So <clears throat> really, uh, really delicious. I'm really enjoying this. I agree. I think it's uh, on the fuller side of mid-full now. Um, I think this is a perfect strength for, you know, kind of doing whatever you want. Like, you could smoke this on the golf course without saying, I need to sit in the cart. You could smoke it before breakfast, at least if you're me, um, you know, without getting lightheaded. You could smoke it after a steak dinner, and it would fit. So I think it's a, it seems like a very versatile cigar. Um, I would say this is a great poker cigar. Something oh, you can, yeah. You can sit yeah. there and play poker. You can enjoy your cigar. Yeah. You can fiddle with it and look at it and appreciate it, not giving away your poker face. And you still look cool doing it because it's a nicely looking... Poker, 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 poker face. There it is. Um you can, you know, it's just a great looking cigar and you look good smoking it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I will say that. Like, if you want to look like a big man, this is a good cigar to do yes, with. That's man. right. Like, it looks expensive and mm-hmm. and uh, it's not flashy, but it's, it has that, like, elegance, you know, with the wrapper and everything. Um, it's a nice size, you know. It's I got think the, uh, the crown to it. DBL by Francisco Alamante. Oh, yeah. Now, do you. This may be controversial. Do you find that to be pretentious at all, to put his name on like that? Well, I don't necessarily, but I think that, um, you know, this is still a baby cigar company. Right. And I think Francisco Almonte's name has a lot more pull than DBL. Right. So if you're into cigars, you might not have heard of DBL. You know, it's this boutique out out of Dominican Republic. You probably have. They're, you know, they might be boutique. Right. But... They're all over. You know, they have a good distribution network. But everybody knows who Francisco is. That's right. Right? So, no, I don't uh, I don't necessarily, but it would depend on the guy. Like, Francisco's such a nice, down-to-earth guy. He's such it's a different. cool guy, yeah. Absolutely. You know? uh, and then you got, you know, if that's pretentious, how about Perdomo? Like, their name oh, is the brand, you know? Like, well, it's just a family, you know. That's just a lot of a lot of the what about Placencia? You know, I mean, right? But they're not they're not going as far as putting the direct name on there, saying this is. What about Don Pepin Garcia? Fair, fair. Now that was a tribute cigar. Yeah, we might smoke them someday, but uh, Junior actually made that for his dad, and that's why he named it that way. So it's kind of sweet, sweet story, and fucking kick ass cigar too. Right. But we're not smoking that today. We are smoking the DBL Second Generation Reserva Exclusiva. And uh, like we said, they made 500 boxes. So if you're listening to this and you're interested, you better get into your local retail shop and grab some up because they are not going to last forever. And I'll tell you, if you come to Union Cigar Hanover or Union Cigar Gettysburg and you make a pre-purchase on one, that's one knockoff 20% off. That's how we do things here. Awesome. That's a great deal. Um, Something interesting about DBL, their U.S. headquarters is in New Jersey. Correct. So. I guess that's where, uh, you know, the part of the country they're familiar with. Not the first state that I would pick to do business in. But, hey, it's not Florida. Everyone else is from Florida, so you're setting yourself apart. Florida. Right? And the sales tax in Jersey is just through the roof when it comes to tobacco. So that does surprise me a bit. Mm-hmm. Well, it's less than New York now. That's, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I got guys telling me, like, it's cheaper for me to cross the bridge, pay the toll, buy cigars in Jersey, and drive back than it is to buy sticks in New York. So... For all of you fuckheads up there that are running the state of New York, get your shit together. We're tired of being singled out and discriminated against with your anti-premium cigar stance. So, fix it. (laughs) (laughs) Pronto, stat. Thacker says now. Thacker says now. That's going to be a thing. That should be a thing. (laughs) What is Thacker saying now this week? Nah, Mm. nah, nah, we need something. something. Thacker says now. Thacker says now. So I, here's here's something interesting though, just for the listeners. When we do a podcast, I enjoy the cigar more. Yeah, and I think the reason for that is number one, set and setting, right? So they talk about this a lot with drug use. We're not doing drugs; we're doing cigars. But set and setting changes the experience, right? Um, I'm with Keith Luter, and you know cigars. You're a good dude. I don't have to listen to somebody talking about 
you know, some bullshit politics or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, that I don't want to listen to. I don't have to tune anything out. And I'm really paying attention to the cigar. And that's another segment on the back in the sip of the week. Yeah, yeah. That that should definitely, yeah. <laughs> well, that was in the etiquette, right? It was, yeah. Shut the hell up about your religion and politics, you know. So uh, the, the, the takeaway for you guys out there, you know, if you enjoy cigars, work on the set and setting. Pay attention to the cigar. Listen to it. Taste it. You know, have you ever done, like, wine tasting? Oh, yeah. That's fun. Super fun to do that. Yeah, so interesting uh, story. My boss in the real world, um, his boss, before he started the company that I work for, uh, owned an award-winning vineyard out in California. And he would only use about 2% of his grapes, and he would destroy the rest, which is different because, you know, most of the vineyards out there, they'll sell them to whatever, you know, Woodbridge or something for the their low end uh, wine. He wouldn't do that. Uh, he was very into his wines, and he won awards. Uh, he was good at it, and so my boss got into like the wine tasting and all of that. And if you're uh, involved in a wine tasting, you'll notice they use all of their senses. So they swirl the wine around the glass. Now that you know can help it breathe, but it's also to see the legs, you know, the, right. the part of the wine that sticks to the side of the glass and runs down. Um, you're using your your eyesight as a sense, right? And then you'll also notice that they'll clink the glass, you know, maybe flick it with their finger or tap it or something and, and make this ping sound. So right. they're using their sense of hearing. It's not that you can tell a damn thing about the wine by clinking your glass. It's that they're trying to engage all of their senses. Right. right? And then you swirl it around your mouth and chew it. You breathe it. You know, you're, you're, so try doing some of that with your cigar as well to enhance your cigar experience. And that's one reason why, you know, I talk about the presentation and the banding and stuff like that. It's not irrelevant, right? It's not just marketing. It does affect the cigar experience. I always look at the wrapper. I feel it. You know, I touch it with my uh, fingers as I uh, smoke. Um, and then, of course, I use my sense of smell and taste, primarily taste, but I do retrohale a lot. Um, and that's going to bring my next point is retrohaling. Yep, yep retrohaling uh, adds that uh, sense of smell. Now, you can't do much with sound when you're smoking a cigar. However, you can try some stuff. So at home, I have an old-fashioned turntable, and I have a a couple of old jazz records, right? So I have John Coltrane. Oh, there we go. Yeah. And I will put that on for some cigars. You know, I'm not going to smoke like a a Drew Estate uh, blackened and listen to jazz. I'm going to play like ACDC. But you know, Metallica, <laughs> come on now, Metallica. Metallica. I mean, it's... that's what I meant. I meant Metallica. Yeah, right. totally. Um, but yeah, right. Um, hopefully sponsored by that. Hopefully sponsored by. That'd be cool. Uh, yeah. So, um, but you can't add some music or something in the background. Um, in fact, I've even been in cigar lounges where the the ambient sound um, hurt my cigar smoking experience. I got some stories on that. We have a guy that comes in here and he likes to play. <laughs> He likes to play uh, some Russian choir music, and he likes to play his one of his favorites is "Springtime with Hitler." Yeah, and ah man, that is another tobacconist tip another time. <laughs> we need like a whole episode. Oh on my gosh, etiquette. Yeah. yeah. Um, so another one is like news. Jesus fucking Christ, turn that shit off. Yes, please. Do not play CNN or Fox in your damn cigar lounge, right? So, yeah, the sound ambient sound or whatever um i also like just you know good conversation especially yeah. if it's about the cigar you know talk about it while you're while you're tasting it use all of your senses even your internal thoughts too it's think of cigars as a mental health i guess break mm-hmm. it's a good meditation form you can really think about your your whole day you can plan ahead for your day and your future you can reflect on what you've already accomplished it's a great way to meditate, which can also bring out another sense. That's your, your inner sense, if you will. Yeah. Mental yeah. health. Yeah, definitely. So um, as we sort of wrap up 
I guess I'm halfway through. Yeah, we're about about the same. Yeah. Yep, about the same. You got a little more slobber on yours than I said. I got the mine. big, big old lips. Yeah, <laughs> I really so, do. So uh, we're gonna end up smoking this past the end of the uh, podcast, which you know I'd like to get into that bottom third. Doesn't look like I'm gonna get there. Probably because we're talking too much. But I'll notice, you know, a couple of things. First of all, the burn line. We named this podcast Burn Line because. The burn line on a well-constructed cigar is sharp and straight as a razor, much like our wit and wisdom. And not at all like Keith's burn line. You've been... I've been butchering it today, honestly. You've been butchering it. I'm so yeah. glad that we're not on video right now, because this is <laughs> horrid. <laughs> <laughs> so that's another thing, too. So you can have a beautifully crafted cigar, but there is room for user error. And in mm-hmm. this case, I, you know, even though I'm, I guess, the tobacconist on here, I, that is 100% user error, and I admit that. Well, it's just from it's from the talking, right? You know, like you got to go go long stints, and then your cigar cools down, and then you relight it. You know, it's suboptimal. But the the burn line on this is is uh, pretty good. You know, it's not like you know the the perfect burn line, but it's a very good burn line. And uh, on a lot of burn lines, you will see three colors. You'll see the regular wrapper, and then you'll see a slightly lighter stripe where it's starting to heat up, and then you'll see the black line where it's actually smoldering, right, combusted. Um, but it's burning very straight, even where this uh, somewhat heavy vein is going down the middle. What you'll notice when you smoke cigars is the uh, the burn around the vein almost takes a V-shape where, you know, the, the vein burns a little bit faster than the surrounding leaf. And so you might have a perfectly straight burn line until you get to that vein, and then it sort of follows the vein a little right. bit. Um, so if you keep that in mind while you're smoking and sort of rotate your cigar, you can help it to burn a little more evenly. But so far, the burn has been great. The construction seems great. Um, I was able to clip the tip off with no drama. It didn't leave any of those little like frayed tips or anything like that mm-hmm. uh, from a poorly... Uh, poorly connected cap um, and the flavor is great so definitely more wood and pepper at this point um, still getting a little of that seared steak uh, flavor yeah and there's still just that I think it's like on the back of the palate and it comes out when you retrohale that cinnamon and it's almost like a cinnamon red hot at this point you know like yeah. it's got a little spicy a little hot tamale almost yeah yeah so for all of you out there listening, thanks so much for signing in to Burnline Podcast. Go out and grab yourself a DBL Second Generation Reserva Exclusiva. While you can. While you can. Only 500 boxes. They retail for nine seventy five here at Union Cigar, Hanover, Pennsylvania, USA. Or a box of 14 will set you back one hundred nine twenty, a savings of 20% over the stick price. Thanks for joining us. Have a great week. Have a good one, guys.